Hi, Shannon Waller here with Dan Sullivan, and welcome to the Inside Strategic Coach podcast. Today, Dan, we're going to talk about a tool that you have kind of brought back into mm. the forefront called the 4x4. It's a tool that you use to really facilitate phenomenal teamwork with the people with whom you work most closely. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the different elements today. But first of all, talk about how did you come up with the idea of a 4x4? What's the context behind it? Well, I think part of the reason, and this would be the reason for a lot of the tools in Strategic Coach, is that I'm not a manager, and yet I'm involved in projects with teams. So those are two realities to my life. (laughs) One is that I see all my achievement forward as the completion of specific projects. And in my life, that would have to do with new workshops, new concepts, new books, new podcasts. So I see the future just as a constant series of bigger and better projects that produce bigger and better results. And I'm in teamwork with people, but I'm not a manager of those projects. So how, at the very beginning, do I get the team totally in alignment with what my intention is? Not only what the results have to be, but what the performance and the actual experience of teamwork has to be. So this is the reason for this tool. So when we're, let's just start with creating a job, I always use an impact filter to create the job because it gives the actual getting of the person is the project, and then there's a purpose that that person is so important, why we need this new person, and the difference it will make, the importance of it, and then the ideal outcome and the best and worst that can happen. And then if this person is really acing the job, there's measurable results. And that's how they get hired. But once they're hired, then the work actually starts. So I have another tool, and I hadn't really thought about it because, you know, I did it for my own purposes. But we're into the stage now where we're looking at everything as a game changer inside Strategic Coach, right from the beginning of the signature level right to the lead workshop in the game changer. So I see the entire progression for as long as you're in Strategic Coach. You're learning new ways to change your game. And the biggest game that I want is the game that's actually taking place with my teams inside my projects. So I came up with this form, which is called the 4x4, and it's got four boxes, and it's got specifications, measurable specifications in each of the four boxes. So that's where the 4x4 came, and then we can talk about the four boxes. Great. Well, the four different categories, first one is performance, second one is results, the third is being a hero, and the fourth column, which is probably everyone's favorite, is drives me crazy. But we're going to get to that in just a moment. So Dan, let's talk about performance. And and we have talked about the words in this box before, but they're really, really important. And I love that there are only four Mm -hmm. in terms of how you want people to show up. So can you describe the performance section of the page? Yeah. And I think that when I say these four qualities, they're characteristics of how people show up in the morning and they go through the day and this is your experience of them. My biggest requirement is that people be alert regarding the specific work that we're doing. So I actually take the word alert and then I specify this is what I want you to be alert to. So one of my key people, her name's Melissa Boyce, and I've been using Melissa at the front of the room and we've been going through her 4x4 in the 10 Times Workshop. 
And the biggest thing I want her to be alert for, because she's responsible for getting referrals in all of my classes that immediately go to the sales team. So the thing she has to be alert to is any possibility of someone being willing to give a referral and then getting that referral and making sure within a very short period of time that the the salesperson who's assigned to that referral client Mm -hmm. is following through so that we never drop a referral. And then the next one is that you're very, very curious about what's happening with that referral. So not only do you pass it on to a salesperson, but you're very, very curious and you're constantly going back to the salesperson. Have you phoned them? And because the salespeople, you know, are very busy and they go through a lot of names, they're phoning every day. But for mine in the 10 times program, I want them to be top of the list and top of the mind for the salesperson. And so I want her to be curious about what's happened to each referral. And then responsive in the sense that when a sale is made, when contact is made, that I'm told about it. But most importantly, that you tell the person who gave the referral and you constantly give them an up-to-date, you gave me this name and I just want to tell you what we've done. So Melissa every day is actually phoning them or sending them emails and saying, you know, we're following up. I just want to keep you in the loop about what's happening. And then the other one is resourceful, that she comes up with ways of being resourceful. And one of the things that she came up with is that she has people take out their phone and they text her and then she's got who they are. And she says, you know, you may be out and just meeting someone saying, you know, this person could really use the gap in the gain or the four C's or, you know, the lifetime extender. And instead of having that as a thought, and then maybe when you get back to the office, you remember it, just take out your phone and just text me and say, so-and-so wants the gap in the gain. So that was resourceful on her part. So she's doubled the number of referrals she got just by having people have her on their hot button on their iPhone. That's it. So for five years now, I have to give her an A, an A, an A, an A for being alert, curious. But I told her right from the beginning that this is how you be alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful. That's box number one. So it's the four by four. So that's the first of four. And then the next one is results. And that is, as you're doing your work, I want you to be constantly making gains in four area. I want you to get your results faster. I want you to get your results easier. I want you to get your results cheaper. In other words, that we're getting bigger results, but it's not costing us anymore to get bigger results. And the fourth one is bigger, that every quarter, every year, we're getting more referrals, more referrals are signing up the 10 times program. And all of this is specific just to her role as my growth manager, because we get a lot of signups in the program more and more through our use of media and through our use of our website and podcasts. But still, the best people come from the best people. The greatest people in the Strategic Coach Program came from the greatest people in the Strategic Coach Program because we're asking people to make a big commitment. We're asking people to write a big check, and social proof is really needed. And the fact that someone that you really trust, whose judgment you really respect, says, you know, just go to the Strategic Coach and sign up, that's huge marketing. So that's a reality with the type of business that we're in. And most businesses that are service businesses that are relationship businesses, referrals are so crucial. So we've got 
That's the second box. So alert, curious, responsive, resourceful, as far as performance goes, as far as results go, faster, easier, cheaper, bigger. I talk to her every quarter and we review, and I have blackboards. I don't have an office. I have a table in our cafe, both in Toronto and Chicago, and we have blackboards, and I can see the results on the blackboard, and every day she's coming in, she's making adjustments. You know, this workshop's filling up, we've already started the next workshop, and that's the real result. You have the results of getting referrals, but the actual result is getting people who actually sign up for the program. And I kind of like how you talk about the fact that you don't really have meetings. So it's almost eliminated the need for meetings because you can see it. You've got your dashboard literally in the form of a blackboard that you're both in. You may chat about it or she may give you a short conversation, but there's never an official meeting, which is such a time waster for so many people. So there's an efficiency to this that's pretty amazing, but we're still only halfway through the page. Yeah, and I'm really being sneaky this quarter because I'm actually demonstrating the four by four sheet, (laughs) but I'm bringing Melissa up to the front and she's talking about how this four by four sheet is so important to her. So, <laughs> And I just saw her about an hour before we started this podcast. And I said, what's the impact? And she says, boy, if I didn't know it before, I sure know it now. And she <laughs> said, I, she said, I'm seeing depths to this and I'm seeing dimensions to this that I hadn't seen before. So I'm doing my performance review with her right in front of the room where she has to tell people why this has worked so well for her. And I think it's made a huge impact And also, this was invented six years ago, Mm -hmm. just because I'm not a manager, but I want absolute clarity. And the 4x4 sheet actually does about 95% of what most people consider management. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're totally clear about the results. And those are on the blackboards in our cafe. And those get updated. Every time there's a change, she comes in, erases one number, puts a higher number in. So that's real simple. So that's part of management, you know, being clear about the results. But the other one is, you know, where you work with people to try to make them better or get them clearer. The sheet does this. Mm -hmm. So right from the beginning, we're totally clear about what's expected. So that's the top two boxes. So we've got two out of the four. And then the lower left-hand corner, so you just think of an eight and a half, eleven sheet, and it's divided horizontally and it's divided vertically. And so there's these four boxes. So I'm going to talk about the lower left-hand corner, and that's being a hero. This changes. The top two boxes really don't change that much, but the bottom left-hand box changes more than any others. And that is, I keep coming up with new strategies of how we're going to improve the referral process. And I create these as sort of categories. So one of them is called capture to sign up, the capture to sign up. And the whole point is that in one day, if she gets 25 referrals, and that happens, I mean, she's had as many as 40 referrals, within 24 hours, all of those referrals are in the hands right at the top of the list of the relevant salespeople. And those salespeople may be in Chicago, they may be in Toronto, they may be in the UK. So she's very busy the next day, but within 24 hours and all during the workshop, she's sending off, got a new referral for you and everything else. And not only that, but she logs them in. She's got a sheet of her own and she's going over her sheet all the time. So we have a whole series of projects. And then we talk and I say, you know, maybe we can come at this in a different way. Well, that'd be another project. But her carrying out these specific projects 
which may be three months in duration or six months in duration or just for this year. And one of them is 565. It's called the 565 Project. So when we started the 10 times program, you know, we had maybe 50 to 100 people. And I said, you know, I want 565 people in the program. And she says, well, why 565? And I said, well, you're asking the question, is the reason why I did it. I said, well, why 565? And I says, it's a number that you'll remember. And <laughs> this quarter, we're actually passing 565. Ooh. So this has been a five-year project, but we're crossing over. And, you know, there will be champagne, there will be treats and everything when we cross over. And she gets bonus for the results of filling up the workshop, so she gets rewarded a lot for doing it. The interesting thing is... In five years, we've had no misunderstandings. We've had no disagreements. There's been no unclarity. It's just that the sheet is there, and she has it right next to her computer, Mm -hmm. the sheet that was created on the very first day when she came into the role. And every day she comes in, she just reviews the sheet. And I haven't had to manage. The sheet manages, and the numbers on the blackboard manage. She's in every one of my workshops, so she comes in and she goes about her business of gathering referrals, and she talks to everybody, and it's a rule that the people who are the best new sources of referrals are the people who are the past best. People who give referrals like giving referrals, and Mm -hmm. they don't really want to be rewarded that much. They just enjoy the activity, and so you got to zero in with every workshop, who the top 10 past referral sources are, because those are the first 10 you want to go to. You know, it's like bartenders. They know who's a drinker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this has a more positive outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing about being a hero, you use the language very intentionally. And Melissa talks about this, too, is just how much she really loves being a hero to you. And she makes the point in the workshops that your teams love being a hero to you, and they want to know specifically and exactly how they can do that. And if anyone's questioning this information, Gallup has done numerous studies, that's what they do, and they say one of the number one frustrations for team members is not knowing what's expected of them, not knowing how to make their manager or the company happy. So this, in one small box of four things, well, actually 16, but particularly this section, Dan, really knowing how she can win in her role, I think is a really... Significant piece of information. Well, let's go to the fourth box. Yeah, well, the fourth box. Uh, first <laughs> of all, that everything I've set up until now is specific to the particular job, but and positive and positive. But there's a box which is called "This drives me crazy." On everybody's sheet, it's "This drives Dan crazy." Okay, this is just general, and it's who I am. It's part of my personality, and I have idiosyncrasies, you know, and. I want to tell the person right up front that for the most part, this is going to be a dream. But if you do four things, I'm going to turn into a axe murderer. (laughs) You know, I said, I go hallucinatory and I start thinking about the end of your job if you do these four things, you know. And it's so funny because when I introduce this, this drives me crazy in the workshop, the clients will say, you mean you tell the person what drives you crazy? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever hired someone who, according to the job description, did everything that's on the job description, but you still fired them because they drove you crazy. And the hands go up, the hands go up. 
And I said, how many of you are repeat firers of people because they drive you crazy? And I said, did it ever clue you that they don't know what drives you crazy, that it's peculiar to you? Now, it's not completely peculiar to me because there's aspects of Colby profiles, you know, where you get real conflict. And one of the conflicts that's, you know, blueprinted in because of the Colby is that I have a 10 quick start. Mm -hmm. And the real power that makes Melissa, she's a long follow through. And I have a two follow through. So there's a five point difference. She's she's a, a seven. She's a seven, but her quick start is like a four, a three or a four. Yeah, she's a 5744 Colby. 5744. And the thing is that she's got a system, she works the system, but I may not be getting information back. So one of the things about my particular Colby, I'm a 22104, and I'm not unusual in that particular profile. You married one and you work with one. (laughs) So your husband and and I Mm -hmm. have exactly the same profile, and we don't do research before we make a decision. Okay, We just make a decision, and then we start doing research about whether it's the right decision. So a follow-through standpoint, they're following through, and from their perception, nothing happened that day to report on. And to me, that's major research, that nothing happened that day, because I have all sorts of questions why nothing happened that day. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, she's giving the salespeople lots of referrals, but they're not making sales. I said, why is that? Are they going to the top of the list? Do they know that it's my referral? Do they know it's for my workshop? And she says, yeah, I think they do. And I said, oh, no, no. You can't think that they do. You have to go and check to see if they're following through every single day. So... This is the one aspect. It's not management, but I'm simply saying I need certain kinds of information, and it's mainly on the information basis. So one of mine is black holes, okay? You know, great referrals are provided by multipliers. That's what I call the entrepreneurs. They're multipliers in workshops that fall through the cracks and they get lost. And I said, oh, I said, Well, that defeats the whole purpose of your job if referrals get lost or they fall through the cracks. So I have to know this. But this is just general about anybody that works with me. So this isn't specific to this particular person. So this is a general, this just drives me crazy. Well, Dan, I think your point that no information is actually information is one point that I want to get across to team members. So uh, this, to my mind, is incredibly relevant in terms of teamwork. And for a lot of people with different Colby profiles and even just a different mindset, they think, well, I'm only going to report when there's something to report. And you and Babs is exactly the same. No information is information because then you start asking questions. Why? What's happening? What's the priority? What assumptions are people making? How are they thinking about it? Is this the right strategy? There you go. You know, the people you're working with, do we have to change that up? I mean, are we approaching things? Is there an improvement? So all the innovations actually come from no information. I mean, nothing's happening. Well, that's massive information. And the other one is kept in dark. Actually, good things are happening, and I'm not being told about. Right. Kept in the dark. You can't keep me in the dark. I hallucinate if you keep me in the dark. Well, let's talk about hallucinating because you haven't seen the acts yet. Because this was a big point in a recent workshop where with a lack of information, everyone makes it up and they make it up negative. 
and we start creating fantasies in our head about what someone's doing or not doing or what their intentions are, and it's never positive. So talk about being hallucinogenic in those circumstances, because I think that's a really good point. I want to connect this to actual reality about what happens when you deprive people of sensory input, and there are tranquility tanks. So what it is, it's a box that you go into, and it's got about a foot or so of salt water that you float on it, but it's completely dark inside, and there can be no sound. So you just float in it, and the moment that you are put into one of these tranquility tanks, your mind starts to really do strange things because it can't see anything, it can't hear anything, and the salt water you're not grounded, so you're not feeling the ground or anything like that. Frequently, there's condensation that gathers from the ceiling that starts dripping on your forehead, so you can't see anything, you can't hear anything, but you hear it drip, drip, and it hits you on the head. Well, for me, I've got a very active imagination. I go kind of crazy. So I just take that, and they actually use this for torture. You know, They'll sedate someone and then put them in a wetsuit with blinders on and they put them in one of these tranquility tanks. It's not so tranquil if you're being tortured. Yeah. And it's the worst torture because the mind starts working on itself and they start hallucinating. Well, it's just the nature of my mind that if I'm not getting lots of information after I've made a decision, I start hallucinating. Things are going wrong and everything else. And that's just me. And this was me at probably six months old and it's me at 74. It's just a function of how I... So I need lots of input. If there's a problem, I need to know about the problem. If there's a win, I need to know because my whole forward planning and progress and my confidence and my sense of capability is based on getting the feedback. And then there's bottlenecks. Things aren't working because there's something that's happening that there's a disconnect and bottlenecks are happening. Well, I'm a really good problem solver. I mean, the whole strategic coach is bypasses and workarounds to bottlenecks. I mean, this is what we sell. But if it's happening to me and it's in our process and there's a bottleneck and the person's just frustrated, you know, it's just not working, but they're not saying about this, I'm the person you want to talk to about that because I'm very inventive in getting around. This is how all the concepts in the program got created. Somebody's running into an obstacle, you know, it's a strategy circle. We got a goal, we have obstacles, we take the obstacles, we transform them. And then final one is backstage-itis. Okay, so backstage-itis is something happening in the strategic coach general organization where someone has made a decision, well, we're not putting the emphasis on this right now, so the people I'm working with are not getting the resources or their time is being used up in a way that's not actually focused on the results. I say, I couldn't care less about what else is happening. This is our project, this is what our focus is, and that's for them to solve that problem, but it's not our problem. So, so this is it, and as your organization gets larger, you can have these things that are where the performance of your team members are being affected by things that are part of the general organization, but they're not something that we're responsible for, but it's disadvantaging us. Backstage, I just to me, is when things are getting disconnected from the impact on the front stage, and eventually it turns into bureaucracy, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I think in every entrepreneurial, growing entrepreneurial company, we have to be very active to 
solve those problems, but you can't do it if someone's keeping you in the dark. Mm-hmm. So I just want to read through all, or Dan, have you free, read through the four, because I think yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs resonate. They're like, can I just copy those? Well, I did the black holes that, mm-hmm. you know, referrals are being gained, but they're being lost or they're dropping through the cracks. Kept in the dark, both Dan and our referring clients are not being kept up to date about what is happening to each referral. Bottlenecks, it takes more than 24 hours for the referrals to get to the hot list for the appropriate salesperson. So something's not happening there. And backstage-itis, the person, you know, in this case, Melissa, is increasingly involved in backstage activities that have nothing to do with our teamwork and nothing to do with our product. So, you know, if I see my times being taken away from my projects, then a strongly worded letter will be sent to head office to, to actually do that. And I'll say, hey, you're taking my person away from the number one activity in the company that brings in the biggest checks. Right. This is number one. I don't care what else is happening in the company. Interfering with the flow of the biggest checks in the company can't happen. Well, and I think that's actually a really critical point about the whole 4 by 4 is you're not having people do anything less than absolutely essential, crucial, vital projects and activities that grow strategic coach. You know, and that really comes out in your impact filter. You have really discerned what is the most crucial thing to focus on. So this is a very meaningful position. You know, she's a focus manager. I like how you call her a growth manager. So anything extraneous is extraneous. Like you just really critical. And so, you know, we look at four by fours and people's roles and sometimes people have been around for a long time. But just going back to the why of why do you even have this position and what is the actual intent and purpose behind it? And then here are all these incredible success criteria. In terms of Melissa, she loves knowing. She said, you guys have never had any disagreements, no points of conflict, which in five years of working together is saying something mm-hmm. because she knows exactly how she needs to perform, be alert, curious, responsive, resourceful. She knows exactly the results she needs to focus on, faster, easier, cheaper, and bigger. And she also knows how she can be a hero to you and the four things that absolutely drive you crazy, so do not do them. Yeah. So the confidence that she has in her teamwork with you is, I was going to say it's a multiplier, it's exponential, whatever word you want to give it, because she just knows exactly what's expected of her. Yeah. You know, my experiences, because I coach, you know, more than 500 entrepreneurs, and they tell me about the team problems they're having, the, you know, the teamwork problems they're having. And when I ask the entrepreneur, the person that they're having a problem with does not know one of the 16 things that are on the sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're blueprinting failure. The way you've set up the relationship, they're spending half their energy every day guessing Mm -hmm. about whether they're doing the right thing. Is the entrepreneur happy with what I'm doing? Is there something that's really bugging the entrepreneur and I don't know? You know, they go to bed at night, they don't sleep properly, they get up in the morning, they start to dread going to work because they just don't know. So how can they be confident? Well, it goes back to the 4C confident. We want people to be committed. We want them to be courageous. We want them to constantly increase capability, and we want their confidence. Well, if they don't know any of this information, none of those four things are going to happen. So let me ask you a question because all of a sudden I said, you know, hey, I'm using this in my teamwork with my projects. And then I said, why didn't I ever 
communicate this to all the other, you know, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, it's just like a, something happened in my brain. But I brought it back this quarter, and and actually, I'm doing something really unique. I have the new Game Changer program, and I've actually done a 4 by 4 for everybody who's in the Game Changer program, which I'm going to present in just a few days, of how I want the entrepreneurs to perform, the kind of results I'm looking from them, how they can be a hero to me as the coach, and what's going to drive me crazy about their participation in the Game Changer program or non-participation, as it may be. So my feeling is that there's a multitude of things that just make this a really good concept right at this point. And I was going to ask you the question, you're in charge of the team program, you've designed the entire team program, you coach with a lot of the entrepreneurs, sometimes on site with their teams. What do you see now as the usefulness of the 4 by 4 I feel a little bit like you. It's like, oh, why didn't I do more of this? <laughs> So it's definitely in our workshops this quarter in terms of the team leader program. And it's one of the ones I do want to bring in because part of what I love about this, Dan, is it's one page. It is one simple page in terms of what the expectations are. And, you know, if you've seen job descriptions, they're long and complicated. And people often have too much in them. One of the things I really love about this is just elegantly simple and super clear, which is what people require. And also does require you to say, okay, this is more important to me than 18 other things that this person could be doing. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole internal mm-hmm. process that I think is really critical. And I was drafting one for Nicole, who's one of my main strategic partners. So for me, it's just one of those things I'm going to be coaching our clients on it. I'm going to be coaching our team on it. I'm going to be doing Inside Strategic Coach podcast on it. So for me, it's one of the ones that's, again, kind of bubbled up as being particularly relevant. And especially as people are looking at building their most effective team, it's like your innovation manager is going to have a certain set of things that are different than, for instance, Melissa's role. So really being super clear in your thinking, I think for me, this is an amazing tool to help that happen much Mm -hmm. more quickly. So I'm really looking forward to coaching people on how they can be really, really clear. And I have to say, it's harder to fill out than it sounds. Yes, You actually have to be really clear on what you want. And I think that's the biggest challenge for a lot of folks is that they're not actually really clear on what they are expecting. So they never make it clear to that person. And then the teamwork is fuzzy and confusing. Yeah. And I've run into, just as a last point, because we're going to wrap this up in just a minute or two. But one of the things that I've come across with entrepreneurs is that they want to hold some information back so they can get the person. Mm. You know, I'm not going to tell them everything that's required. I'm going to hold something back. I would advise good people not to work with you if that's your attitude. I want nothing held back. And not only that, but I'm going to experiment during the next quarter where I'm going to have one of my team members actually do a 4 by 4 on me on what they want my performance to be, what they want my results to be, how I can be a hero to them, and what drives them crazy, things that I can do that can really drive them crazy. But again, it's going to be more general things. You know, the fourth one, anybody could drive them crazy this way. Mm -hmm. So they're just letting me know, if people are driving me crazy, this is what they're doing. Uh, And I would appreciate greatly if you don't go there. (laughs) I mean, that's another aspect of teamwork. It's not just a top-down. It's really so that people can be in... No, it's horizontal. Yeah. I have unique abilities. They have unique abilities. We each have separate focuses that are part of the teamwork that creates the overall results. And that, to me, is partnership. It's collaboration. It's the best, highest form of teamwork. 
framework. It's not just tell me what to do. It's here's how to be. And I think very few people think at this level about particular roles and what's expected of them. And you just made it as you always do. Very simple and very clear and very essential. So I really appreciate this tool, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. 